Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Opera Offstage. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jesse. And today we're going to be talking about performance anxiety, ways of overcoming performance anxiety, kind of the logistics of what performance anxiety actually is, and how to overcome it. It's definitely something that most of us struggle with as musicians, and it can definitely be a journey to work through, and it's sometimes just a journey that we're always working through. So we're excited to share some of our tips and some of the tips that you guys wrote in. It's so funny because I feel like I would say most of us have some form of performance anxiety and whether it's like severe or just the mild anxiety that kind of anyone has when they're about to step on a stage, you always have met one person who does not experience it. And those people are baffling to me. It is truly shocking. It's like nothing, not even just like butterflies. And they're like, no. And I was like, how? How does it feel? (laughs) Are you a sociopath? (laughs) Yeah, basically. Like the nerves of a Navy SEAL, (laughs) those people. (laughs) Truly. But before we dive into the meat of today's episode, Jesse, can you give us some announcements? What do we got going on this week? Yes, we have some really fun stuff coming up. So first and foremost, we have another opera cocktail coming out. I'm very excited for this one. In honor of our new year, new opera, I am going to do a cocktail based off of Alice in Wonderland, which came out in 2007. It's a very funky opera, and I'm excited to both share that opera with you guys and share a fun cocktail based on it. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. It's going to be up on our TikTok and our Instagram. We also have upcoming our Jackbox Games Night, which will be on Sunday, January 24th, which will be at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern which will be on Discord. And if you are concerned and you're like, I don't know what Discord is and I'm, I'm nervous about trying to jump into it and figure it out, don't worry, don't panic. Go to our Instagram under a, our little events highlight. You can click on that and there is a guide to show you how to get into Discord, how to get into our Discord specifically, and where we'll be playing the games. It's going to be so Y'all. simple. And if you can't figure it out, you can always message us and we'll walk you through it. No worries. Guys, our Jackbox game nights are so fun i honestly think that it's like the thing that we do that everybody looks forward to the most um so if you haven't joined us and you're available that sunday i highly suggest you come and play with us you don't have to be a musician it's just general trivia games it's super fun so we're super looking forward to that also new to the podcast we just started a mailing list called offstage news um, now the link to join our mailing list will be in our show notes and if you like our ebooks we'll be giving away freebies exclusive to our mailing list which is pretty spicy you don't have to worry either we have absolutely no interest in spam nor do we have the time to spam you so join our mailing list we'll be having coupons to our shop we'll be alerting you guys about our upcoming events all that cool stuff so you can join our mailing list at our website, opera-offstage.com. Um, and if you are a fan of our ebooks and you want to get them for cheaper, consider joining our Patreon. It's pretty cheap. You guys get a ton of rewards in return. So check it out. So without further ado, let's hop into the episode. Awesome. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about performance anxiety, which is obviously something that plagues so many musicians, so many athletes, anybody in the public speaking sphere. So we feel like it's important to just kind of go over ways of overcoming, kind of dive into what performance anxiety really is, and some ways to think about it. So before we dive into the content of this episode, you know, in the spirit of vulnerability, I thought it would be interesting, Jesse, if we shared a little bit about how performance anxiety appears in us personally. So what are some of the ways that stage fright 
or performance anxiety kind of shows up within you? When I was little, I used to have really, really bad performance anxiety, like enough that it would actually mess things up. Mm -hmm. I would say now as an adult, I definitely always do get a little anxious before auditions or performances, but it's definitely right at the beginning and then about 30 seconds into whatever I'm doing, I'll be fine. I think it's always Mm -hmm. just that initial fear that like something's going to go horribly wrong at the start of something. Mm-hmm. I will actually say one of the funniest and like weirdest ways performance anxiety has manifested for me was when I was in college and I was doing the piano portion of our theory class. Oh gosh. And I was asked to improvise and I just for some reason didn't expect to be asked to have to improvise over something and I panicked and I stood up and I said I have to leave and I left. <laughs> I just walked out of class. Um, oh and for God. those of you who know what school I went to, it was Dr. Cobb. Um, and I just, I went for a walk. And it was actually, it was the first panic attack I had ever had, which is why my reaction was so extreme. It was literal fight or flight. Oh. <laughs> Jesse was like, I will be leaving now. <laughs> Excuse me, I will currently be leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> Honestly, in retrospect, what a boss move to be like, I will not and I will leave. I came back and I did improvise. I just kind of had to get myself under control. I love that. <laughs> over over literally nothing. But I've definitely experienced stage fright. And I definitely, stu- uh, especially if it's been a while since I've performed, I definitely still do get those butterflies. But I don't think that now I experience it on that level of where I'm afraid it'll actually mess me up. It's more just a part of life for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's so just you feel a, like a you, part of it, and I'll kind of get into like what's what's changed about that when we get a little further in. Cool, nice. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time since I've really had to deal with like true performance anxiety. I definitely would like was cripplingly shy as a as like a middle schooler when it came to performing. I definitely can remember times where I was just so super anxious then, but I really have not dealt with that much as an adult. I funnily enough get performance anxiety during rehearsal, which always is is just so bizarre to me because I'll show up to like the first day of rehearsal just so shook. And I don't know why I'm like that, but I definitely get stage fright, so to speak, during rehearsal, which is so bizarre. I think that makes sense. A lot of times it's your first time showing the material to like a group of people who are generally speaking important to you. I suppose so. I mean, I would kind of take that over over being anxious at the actual performance. But usually, like, once I do a rehearsal, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I I am prepared. And that was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And so by the time performance comes around, it's fine. But I definitely get the, like, I'm the kind of person who, like, starts sweating. I'm, like, super, (laughs) I'm, like, chugging water for no reason. Like, I feel all weird in my stomach. Like, that's me like I always assume that I like I chug water I'm the same way (laughs) I always assume that I have like completely I always think when I go to a rehearsal that I'm going to suddenly forget how to read music and that I've never practiced this material before and I like have never sung before even though like I've come in as prepared as I can be so that's me yeah I would say a lot of my performance anxiety was born out of like under preparing just because ADHD and like especially when I first started as a musician I didn't really understand how to prepare my music to the level that was expected when I was first starting out so it's a bit of a learning curve there in terms of like showing up with the expected amount of preparation yeah live and learn 
I actually think the funny thing that really changed the game for me on that was joining an improv team in college because suddenly (laughs) suddenly you're never prepared there is no (laughs) such thing there's like you you have certain ground rules that you follow and and then a lot of it is just built on adapting and that taught me to let go of like my fear of being underprepared Mm -hmm. because I just knew how to adapt so that you know that I think actually was a big game changer for me but I I think we've kind of also gotten in these into the description of what performance anxiety really is which is these situations that will trigger your body's fight or flight mechanism and part of the reason we call it performance anxiety is performances auditions rehearsals these are those situations that will push your body into this mode that is it is a survival instinct yeah i mean being forced to be the center of attention and having you know your conductor and your director and your teacher and all these eyes on you is naturally going to be a stressful situation and your body doesn't really process the fact that you're not in real danger, which is why it kicks that fight or flight mechanism in. And so your body naturally is programmed to react in the same way as if you actually were in danger or if you were being attacked, which is why, you know, when you are really anxious before a performance or a rehearsal or a lesson, you do kind of feel like it's kind of life or death. Exactly. That is that is how your body interprets that feeling. Yeah, it is. It is a life or death moment. And it is it is just a holdover (laughs) of human nature that our bodies can unfortunately not read that we are not in life and death danger. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to just say right off the bat, you know, performance anxiety is super common. And if you suffer from intense performance anxiety, there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with you. And it's not a reflection of your preparedness, your value as a musician, or your potential as an artist. It's very calm, and it's not your fault that the chemicals going on in your body don't know that you're not actually in a life or death situation. It's just human nature. So there was a survey done of like 2,000 professional orchestra musicians that was done by the International Conference of Symphony and Opera Musicians. And 24% of those people, so pretty much one in four, suffered from severe stage fright and that's that's people who are working in opera houses and symphonies all over the country this is a professional organization and one in four of those people is dealing with serious stage fright it is very common and it is okay yeah i think performance anxiety is something that we can be really down on ourselves about and we can use that kind of like as a weapon against ourselves and it can be definitely the root of a lot of negative self-talk because it can be really frustrating especially when it can cause you to make mistakes but it is very important to understand that it is just natural stuff happening in your body and while it is frustrating there are ways to cope with it and it will get better the more that you perform and I know sometimes it can be can leave musicians feeling really down about their ability or their future but I just encourage you to you know find ways to cope and that's what we're going to kind of talk you through today. I think it's kind of funny because I definitely did meet people when I was also just like I said when I was really early on in my music journey and I was still kind of finding figuring everything out I definitely did meet people who said that like they never experienced performance anxiety and I was baffled. And it did make me feel like there was something wrong with me, like I was doing something wrong or maybe I wasn't made to do music or, you know, so on and so forth. But there are tons of people who deal with performance anxiety. Yeah, it's pretty common. And actually, one of the really cool things I learned while I was going through some of the research on this was that there is a concept called the Yerkes-Dodson Law. And I may be mispronouncing that, but that optimal performance is associated with 
a moderate level of arousal, which means that a certain amount of mental and physical stimulation actually makes us better performers. Now, at a certain level, too, that that level of stress can drops off and does hinder us. But there is there is actually a benefit to having that level of excitement in you. Yeah, good nerves. It can actually be a very good thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the benefit of having like that good nervous energy, the good nerves before a performance. Yeah. There is a book called The Science of Psychology of Music Performance. And inside of that, they kind of break down what makes up this level of stress and like in within that how we work with it. So the three basic pieces of performance anxiety are trait anxiety, which is the anxiety you are born with, how anxious you are in general as a person. Then you've got situational stress, you know, how high stake do you perceive whatever it is you're doing. For Michelle, for example, rehearsals would be more high stake than an actual performance. But for me, performance would be more high stake than a rehearsal. And then you have things like auditions, which depending on what kind of person you are, can also be very anxiety inducing. All of those will kind of be different for different people. And then you have task mastery, which means how well and how confident you are in the thing you are doing. And all three of these combine together to kind of create the level of performance anxiety you are dealing with. And so the best thing we can do is kind of break down these three and talk about different ways you can deal with each of them. Because all of them to some level have things within them we are in control of. And depending on what kind of person you are, you'll want to focus on any one of these three in order to reduce your stress and be at that optimal level where, yeah, everyone gets butterflies, but it's not hindering you from doing what you want to do. First up is trade anxiety. And like I said, this is kind of going to be one of those things that is defined by you as a person. This is something that you're born with. Some people are just naturally more anxious. Some people develop anxiety because of different things in their life. So this is more about yourself and your body. One of the best ways you can really deal with trait anxiety is one of the most straightforward ways that people deal with trait anxiety is therapy or medication. And people who have been dealing with anxiety all of their life kind of know that. Inside of that study I was talking about earlier, 25% of the people who dealt with stage fright were in therapy and 45% of them were on some type of medication to deal with their anxiety. It's not all that odd. And if you need to take medication to handle your anxiety, there's nothing wrong with that. And medication was found to be 90% helpful in helping people reduce their stage fright. For some people, their bodies are just wired differently, and it's completely okay to turn towards therapy and medication in order to help you find ways to address the anxiety that just exists inside of you. Yeah, and along with that, another really common way of addressing trait anxiety is just practicing controlled breathing, meditation, journaling, or any sort of grounding exercise. Often when you are presented with this kind of fight or flight mode, everything seems more high stakes than it usually is. So doing some sort of grounding exercise, paying attention to your surroundings, realizing that you're not about to die um, is really important. And ideally, you should be practicing some time of relaxation exercise regularly so that you're familiar with the techniques when you really need them. Because obviously, if you are freaking out before a performance, you can't suddenly just know how to calm yourself because it's good to have that exercise and that knowledge beforehand so that you have it at the ready when you need it yeah kind of going off of that like medication or therapy I really like to use CBD during times of definite stress that's been something that definitely helps me and I have taken that before 
rehearsals where I know I'm already feeling anxious just thinking about the fact that I have a rehearsal like coming up in a couple hours. So um, there are definitely very natural ways that you can help alleviate that stress. But whatever it is for you, even if you just have a little journal or open up the notes app on your phone to just do something that really puts you in the moment and think about things as concretely and as objectively as possible can be a really great way. And then, of course, breathing exercises are known to help lower your heart rate. So just kind of figuring out what works for you and trying a couple different things and see which helps you become the most calm is a great tool to have in your toolkit for when you really are in that fight or flight mode. Yeah. Another thing that I personally found really helpful with dealing with this side of things was refocusing your nervous energy and changing how you react to it. And this is kind of along the lines of what a lot of people do in in types of therapy like cognitive behavioral therapy, which is that you don't necessarily get rid of an emotion, but you change how you react to it. Because the bad thing about anxiety is a lot of times you then get anxious about the fact that you're anxious because you don't want to be anxious, um, which oh, is that weird yes. cycle of punishment we were talking about earlier. So then you're anxious because you're anxious and you cannot deal with that compounding anxiety. So a lot of times when I, if I get like anxiety before I'm about to go on or I get anxiety before I'm about to do an audition, I will change the way I react to it and I will kind of Honestly, I will smile. It sounds really dumb, but I'll smile and I'll bounce on my feet and I will change the way I am physicalizing my anxiety into the same way I physicalize excitement. And essentially, I'm tricking myself. I'm putting a positive spin on an energy that is very similar in my body. Hmm. That's a cool way of looking at it. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, well, that's what I do. I mean, that to me, that has been for uh, that has been really helpful to stop thinking about it as like a sense of dread and more thinking of a, a sense of anticipation. Well, that's also kind of interesting because obviously performance anxiety is your body tricking you into thinking you're actually in danger and then you just redirect that thought into turning it into excitement. So you're kind of like, oh, yes, the double trick. Yeah. <laughs> you think you fooled that's me? Funny. No, body, I have fooled you. <laughs> But it is. I love that. Restructuring how we think about it is better because the reality is short of usually medication, we're not always fully capable of, we we really aren't capable of completely ridding ourselves of that feeling. And so changing the way that we perceive and react to it, I think is often just a, a very helpful way of dealing with it without being afraid of the fact that it's not gone. Definitely. But, you know, The thing about trait anxiety that makes it difficult is everyone has different reasons why they have anxiety. Like I said, some people's brain chemistry is just built that way. Some people are are more hyper aware of things and and they don't have that ability to block it out. There, There are great things like CBD and meditation, journaling, grounding, refocusing energy. But like I said, therapy and medication also completely legitimate ways to handle that kind of anxiety. It's very personal, and that journey is your own. But those are a couple of the options with dealing with that kind of, what I'll say is innate or bodily anxiety. Uh, Next thing we have is situational stress. And so this is, what I put under here are things that are pretty specific to the situations in which they happen. Which is to say, things that don't happen when you're generally anxious, but things that tend to happen specifically when you're in the situations of audition performance rehearsal. (laughs) Like, for example... This does happen to me. I get pretty bad dry mouth, but like never in any other situation than (laughs) when it's almost it's not even rehearsals or anything. It is almost singularly auditions. That's so funny. 
but I, but I same. Although I'm not, I'm less dry mouth and more like paranoia of getting dry mouth, and so I just freaking chug water until I have to use the bathroom like two minutes before I have to go on stage. So I have had to pee during so many auditions. <laughs> oh, Honestly, so good, it's so good. tragic. Yeah, it is like such a cursed cycle too. It's just chugging water like nobody's business and being like, no, no, this is gonna be fine. Yeah. Well, a way to alleviate some stress for my dry mouth sufferers you know the water that you drink right before a performance is really not going to help you so much in terms of actual hydration um you really want to get that water in you 30 minutes before you have to sing but aside from that very gently and now i cannot stress enough how gently i'm talking about but very gently chewing on your tongue um or like the sides of the insides of your cheeks can help stimulate saliva production. And that's what we really want to cue up rather than just chugging water until you have to pee like two minutes before you go on stage and just making the whole performance just such a bad experience. Um, But very gently chewing on the insides of your mouth will help stimulate that saliva and therefore alleviate the awfulness that is dry mouth. Yeah. And you can definitely also... One of the things that I think makes certain some of these situations kind of intense is also being surrounded with other musicians who are competing for the same thing as you. Mm-hmm. So if if being around other people is really stressing you out, don't be afraid to like walk away, go get some water, take a walk, walk outside if you need to, or like to just, you know, go find a space until it's closer to your time. You don't have to sit in the circle or talk with people if you don't want to. Or you might find that it's really helpful to sit down and just chat with people while you're waiting. Some people find it more calm to just, you know, be present with other people and not think so much about what they're about to do. Whereas other people like to very much center themselves and close out everything else and kind of walk themselves through. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And sometimes if you're the type of person who kind of deals with like overheating um, and getting really hot when you're anxious and nervous, um, go outside and take a walk. Get some fresh air if you have the opportunity, even if you need to kind of stay close by to the rehearsal hall or going outside is inconvenient or not possible. Even just like separating yourself and just getting your body moving is a really great way to kind of take in your surroundings and ground yourself and also gives you a chance to kind of get rid of some of that extra energy that might be building inside of you yeah i think this the 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 thing that is kind of unique about that situation is like there are very few situations in which you are directly with the people you're competing against yeah and it puts in a weird space because it doesn't feel great to like show that you're nervous like people in those situations i feel like are always either trying to show how not nervous they are or are trying to hide their anxiety or, you know, nobody wants to be the person to admit that they feel anxious. Right. And then you always get that person who's like, well, I'm coming off of my 18th yap. And you're like, I don't <laughs> just walk away. Just, just stop talking, please. And so it's such a specific, like, don't be afraid to pop in headphones. When I, when I did auditions, like what I used to do was I had a whole little, th- this is the other thing that I can be, think can be super helpful with situational stress. I created a routine around my auditions that I would follow every time. And it was very simple. So it was pretty rare if I ever wouldn't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I made it pretty simplistic, but it involved listening to a song and like sitting down and then going over one part of like each aria and everything. And it just was one of those grounding things in that specific situation and also kept me from focusing on the people around me or not being focused on what the task at hand was. So I think creating a routine for yourself is also a very helpful way 
to deal with the the reality of these situations, which is that they're often unfamiliar. You're in a new place. You're trying to find your way through a labyrinth sometimes to get to the theater. Routine can be very oh. grounding in that moment. Absolutely. Routine is a great way to find some sense of normalcy when a lot you know, of performing or auditioning can be out of your control. So that's really, really great advice. I think another thing that you can do to kind of address situational stress is um, if you have a little journal or once again have the notes app on your phone, writing down one thing to focus on during the performance can really help you let go some of that overwhelming stress of being perfect at everything. Sometimes before a performance, you have like all these notes spinning through your head of like, my director told me to do this. I have to grab this prop here. I need to look at the conductor here. I need to make sure that I do this action. Otherwise, my <laughs> person on stage isn't going to miss their entrance or something. Like, There's so much swimming around in your head that Really having one or two things to focus on during a performance really kind of lets that like autopilot in the best way, that security of like, I've rehearsed this material, I'm good, like it's in my body, I'm ready, and just kind of take out all of the excess around it. And, you know, it's a really great thing that you can go back to after the performance, after you realize that you didn't die <laughs> during the performance and all went well, and ask yourself, did I accomplish this one or two things? Um, so it's also just a, a, a good form of feedback as well. A hundred percent. And I will say, you know, we're about to get into the part where we're talking about practice. But the other thing about situational stress is there is a certain level of preparation you can do in terms of situational stress that will really help you. For example, have a Google Drive with all of your music on it in case for some reason your binder gets destroyed or left somewhere. You know, have show plan to show up 15 minutes beforehand like all these little things that do amount to arriving and being at these places in a better and calmer position make sure you you know have a map out beforehand you know when you know the bus schedule or the subway or the uber like uh, having all of these things planned out beforehand in terms of rehearsals and all of these uh situations will help you be much more comfortable when you get there because there's nothing worse than arriving late for something or not knowing where your shoes are, or, you know, missing a page on your piece of music. Like, there are just a bunch of little things you can go through that will help you make the best out of these situations. Oh, totally. And not to be negative whatsoever, but, like, I feel like whenever you're doing an audition, especially when you're, like, traveling out of state, there, like, I feel like something, even if it's, like, the most minuscule thing ever, I feel like something kind of always goes wrong. And I don't even necessarily look at it as as like the end of the world, like I'm going to get super anxious because I always try to, like you said, be prepared ahead of time with the assumption that like, oh, maybe I'll get there like and they'll be ahead of schedule. And when I get there, I have like less time to warm up than I thought or maybe like literally this past audition season (laughs) before we went to all virtual, I literally spilled water all over my resume and headshot like right before going in like literally they called me and I spilled it all over my materials and was like well good thing I have like two extras and I just pulled out the next one but like stuff like that happens all the time so anything that you can do to just kind of like preemptively think what could go wrong how am I going to be prepared when or if something does go wrong will help you so much. And then you don't have to be freaking stressed out of your mind in that moment because you already thought of it ahead of time. Yeah. Be prepared for things to go wrong because they almost certainly will. And uh, some of those are just things you learn as you do more and more auditions and things. But yeah, be 
be prepared. It'll it'll save you a lot of stress. And uh, you know, if you can, just a an extra little hint. If you can go and try and see the location you're going to the day beforehand, because I have had some auditions in some wild places. Oh, especially like if you guys are undergrads or high schoolers and you are doing your undergrad or grad audition, school auditions are some of the worst because their music building is usually in the most funkiest place. And like it's not self-explanatory how to get there. Like music buildings always have 50 million corridors like and then the like, doors you know, are you locked. Have, you need like, special permission to get through. <laughs> nobody's around yeah like it's such a nightmare so for me that's a huge part of like you know like rehearsal performance anxiety I hate being lost so I always like show up to places stupid early because I just need to know where I'm supposed to be so that I'm there like and don't have to stress yeah so there is a certain allo- amount of prep that can save you a lot of situational stress but I think the biggest and most important thing you can do And the thing that I think alleviates the most stress for a lot of musicians is dealing with task mastery. And just what that means is how prepared you are with the thing you're actually going to do and how confident you are in that. It is a combo because it doesn't matter how prepared you are if you don't believe you're prepared. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So first and foremost, practice and then practice some more and then practice even more than that. (laughs) And... I think the mistake people often make when we say practice is they think, I mean, sit in a room and work through all the minuscule details and sing through it. And I do mean that, like definitely do like get into the minutia of your work and really lay down solidly what you're trying to express with all of your pieces. But I also mean practice performing. I mean, grab a family member and sing for them. I mean, perform for your friends via Zoom. I mean, put yourself in front of other people in the situation where you you feel like you're being watched or even judged because the more you do that the better ability you will have you're going to learn how to deal with that feeling of being watched <laughs> of being seen and perceived and because it is a, a low stakes reality they're your friend or your teacher or your family it kind of works as a form of exposure therapy where in a controlled and safe situation you are dealing with the thing that scares you Absolutely. And, you know, coming out of COVID, many of us haven't had the opportunity to perform, especially in front of a live audience. So it's important to kind of prep yourself. So and don't feel embarrassed if your performance anxiety is a little worse than it normally would be. Um, You know, obviously, the only way to overcome performance anxiety is by performing. So creating these little mock performances, whether you're just filming for yourself, I'm going to watch back and just like, you know, having that camera is kind of keeping you accountable. I don't care if you set up beanie babies on your bed and you sing to your beanie babies. Like anything to give you that mock performance is great and you should do it all the time. Yeah. I think that that's probably a bad habit for a lot of us, especially in COVID times, is that it's easier to practice, but it's also easy not to practice how you would actually sing in a performance and to not push yourself into the performance headspace. And you need to balance out the practice headspace, which is stop and start and fix and stop and start and fix and drill. You know, there's a lot in that and that's good. But at the same time, you do need to practice actually singing all the way through, figure out where your word flubs are gonna be, figure out where your memory blips are gonna be, figure out where, when you're nervous, you forget to breathe. Like there are tons of little things that have to be worked out performance-wise. So we need to make sure we balance out the perfectionist you know practicing headspace with the performance headspace of no matter what happens I have to keep going 
Yeah, definitely. One of the things that always kind of triggers some anxiety in me is I just have this like chronic belief that I'm going to forget my music, which doesn't usually happen to me. And if it ever does happen to me, it's almost always linked to anxiety. So if you're afraid of forgetting your words or messing up at the beginning, make sure the last thing you review before going on stage is the first page. And this was something that my teacher taught me in undergrad and has stuck with me for life because it's so true. Because if you're like me and you're nervous, you're going to somehow forget the music that you learned. What do you do? You start at the beginning and then you end at the end and then you go on stage and you haven't looked at the beginning in a while and you forget it. And then you inevitably mess up the beginning, which is what you were like reviewing four super annoying but make sure the last thing you do is look at the first page and just look at your entrance look at the piano part leading up to it and you will be fine your body will take over if you just start yeah it's don't don't play yourself by accident Uh, yeah don't don't be like me and play yourself but also if you're familiar with alexander technique use it to your advantage um this can also help with situational stress but once again you have to have knowledge of alexander technique in order for it to help you but the thing that's really really awesome about alexander technique is so much of it is being so acutely aware of the way that your body is interacting with the ground is interacting with the chair that you're sitting in the tension that's in your jaw in your shoulders in your fingers literally anything and so using that to really become aware of where you're holding tension and keeping the tension that's coming from that performance anxiety can really help you loosen up and that paired with breathing exercises you're set you'll be fine yeah Alexander Technique can be really, really useful. And if you have access to Alexander Technique teachers, I suggest you take advantage of that. But I think this kind of overlaps with the trait anxiety as well. But I think when it comes to task mastery, like I said, no matter how much you practice, if you aren't confident in yourself, you'll often end up making mistakes because you don't trust yourself more so than you would if you just trusted yourself even with less practice. And I know that sounds a little weird, but trusting yourself and believing in yourself and believing that you're going to give a good performance is hugely important and a big game changer. Absolutely. Just trust yourself. You've got it. It's it's easy to It'll say, fine. but I I this is one of those real fake it till you make it moments. Like nobody wants to see you be nervous about it. And so <laughs> it's true. Nobody wants to see you be nervous and it's true. I, I'd ra- Everyone would rather see someone flub something confidently than watch them be shy and do it kind of perfectly but timidly. Yeah. All I can say to that is when you're doing these little mock performances, try to throw caution to the wind just a tiny bit. Try to not be in control of everything so much and try pushing yourself in those safe spaces until you feel comfortable pushing yourself in those live spaces because that is... what makes really good art and that is what will free you from a lot of this anxiety is realizing that a you're allowed to have fun and be free and not be constantly in control but also that yeah every once in a while when you're pushing those limits you're gonna make a mistake and you're gonna move right on from it and guess what a lot of people won't notice yep i have gotten away with a lot of mistakes in front of professionals because i did not let them see that i had made a mistake fake it till you freaking make it folks yeah so practice practice throwing caution to the wind a little bit and believing in yourself even if you don't it's hard it's hard to say but it it is something that comes with time and practice and a willingness to let go 
Cool. So you guys actually wrote in some awesome suggestions to us. On our Instagram story this week, we posted a question asking, what is your best advice for overcoming stage fright? And you guys delivered some awesome advice. Um, Somebody wrote in and said, feel it, acknowledging it and not spinning in it can help release it. It's mostly about anticipation. And then they also wrote in also CBD, all the CBD. (laughs) And I love this because I love CBD. And we've actually had a couple people write that into us before. So um, I love that. But yeah, acknowledging it, just realizing that it's a feeling and is something that will pass and not just spiraling in it can definitely help you kind of realize that it's just a way that you're feeling in this moment and that it will pass. Yeah, just acknowledge that it's happening and then let it go. And if you're struggling with that, the next write-in has another answer. Therapy. But outside of that, (laughs) remember why you're singing and connect to your intent, which I think is also very important. Like, stop stressing so much about the outcome and just remember why you're doing what you're doing. But also, yes, we're we're very pro-therapy here. Our next person wrote in, having a consistent routine for the day of. It helps take the pressure off of your performance. And I love this. I think having structure before going into an audition or a performance where, you know, things kind of are up in the air and there are a lot of elements that are out of your control. So having and feeling like you're in control and having control over your situation before you have to enter performance is actually really great advice. Yeah. Just make sure that like whatever you're putting into this routine, it's very easy to pull off wherever you are. Because the last thing you need to do is stress because some part of your routine is not going to work at the hotel or wherever you normally go. So just keep it simple. And then embodying a character, even with an art song, takes me out of my head just enough to relax. Yeah, I completely agree. If you're focusing on the character and you take your head out of that, like, actively judging my own performance space, super helpful. Yeah, 100%. The last one we'll read is... Truly straight poetry. I was so impressed with this person. (laughs) But they wrote in and said, play for people often. You don't get less nerves, but you learn to greet them like an old friend. That is poetic. And I was like, wow, that is super poetic and and very true. For a lot of people, you know, an element of, of performance anxiety never really goes away. And as we talked about earlier, good nerves can actually improve your performance. So it's not a bad thing. But definitely learning to just kind of Feel it and let it go and just realize that it's not the end of the world is spot on. Play for non-musicians too. Like don't always put yourself in front of other musicians. It can be a great break from that stress to just perform in a space where you feel like maybe you have a little more freedom. Experiment with it. But yeah, that's great advice. And then if you guys are like me, I have terrible recording anxiety, which sucks during COVID. (laughs) And I... Threw up a question in my own personal stories like over a year ago before COVID. Little did I know. And I asked my friends, I said, you guys, I have a horrible time with recording anxiety. Put me in front of a thousand people to sing live. Fine. I'm cool as a cucumber. Put me in a room with my pianist and one person recording. I could not be more nervous. Help. What do I do? What solutions do you have? That's so funny. Um, and so many of my friends, right? I don't know why. It's the I'm opposite the way that I am. for me. I don't, <laughs> like, I just have a good time um, in recording. Right? I wish I was that way. Um, but you guys wrote in some really, really 
awesome advice that helped me so much. I was going into a uh, recording session when I sent that, and I just ended up having such a good time, and it really opened my eyes. So I wanted to read a couple of suggestions that I got from then, because now more than ever, we're recording things either in our rooms or with another person. And if you struggle with recording anxiety, let's hear it. One of the big suggestions that a lot of people wrote in was the fact that having a friend there to hype you up was super helpful. So I had somebody say, I always have a lot of success with a friend in the room that I could bounce ideas off of. I would bring them and they would monitor the video and audio quality and let me know how I was doing. I found it really fun and relaxing to have my best friend there with me. I love that. I think that's super fun. That might not always be applicable to COVID right now, but I think in a regular setting, having a friend there to just kind of relax you and make you feel more comfortable is such a good idea. Yeah. Another response that I got that was super common was telling you not to rush yourself. So somebody wrote in and said, take your time. A session is typically an hour and you can get a lot more done than you think. So don't rush runs and fatigue yourself. And that's so true. I don't know why you book an hour for a recording session. You have like three, four arias you're trying to get through and you try to knock everything out in like 25 minutes. I definitely do that. And it's not helpful because then I am tired and then I'm like kind of a little crusty by my fourth aria. You know, and then like, that's no fun. So that was actually super great advice. Yeah, I think taking your time and taking up time and space is just a good, it's good advice in general, whether you're in a recording or in an audition, like you have time, take it, make the most of it. Yeah. Something else that people told me was to talk to the pianist beforehand. I had somebody say, don't do a recording session with a pianist you don't know. You feel like you're being judged when things aren't going smoothly and it's harder to get back on track. I would never do a recording session with a pianist I didn't know. I No way. I mean, anybody who's ever done an audition before <laughs> where you don't know your pianist like knows that things can get sketchy. That's just natural. But yeah, for a recording session, definitely go with somebody you know. Yeah, the last thing you need is like the fear of being judged when you're supposed to be pushing yourself. Nope. Nope. But yeah. Contact your pianist beforehand, work through, you know, whatever choices you're going to make that are musical that they need to know. That that will drop your anxiety so much lower if you know you just don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, and another person had a great idea. Also bring some kind of snack or cough drop or tea to reset your voice if you push too hard or something. For me, eating bread helps me reset my larynx to like normal person position and reminds me to stop <laughs> being extra and doing too much with it. That's totally fair. And that's that's definitely a good idea because you can forget how much your blood sugar can drop just in like an hour. Oh, yeah. Or if you're like a lot of people, you're too nervous to eat beforehand. And so you definitely have to eat something during. Oh, absolutely. And I ended up reaching out to this person and I was like, that is so spot on. Like for me personally, bread absolutely returns my lyrics to normal person position. And I was like, everybody's just need to like grab some sourdough, toss it in your bag on your way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bread, bananas. Well, bananas sometimes make me kind of like gross, like a little, <laughs> wow, <laughs> they make me kind of like phlegmy in a way that bread doesn't. So I would suggest for me personally, bread. that's wildly bizarre. Really? Yeah. Don't you feel like the creaminess of bananas just like kind of makes your throat a little creamy? <laughs> Not in the slightest. And I hate the way you describe that. And I will uh, never be able, I will never ask you about bananas again. Um, no, I don't, I don't have that feeling at all. I would imagine that unless you have like a mild banana allergy, that that's probably psychosomatic, kind of like how people feel dairy coats the phlegm and makes it thicker, even though it's not 
it's more mental than it is physical unless you have an intolerance. Um, this is such a confession right now, but um, when you eat pineapple, does your tongue tickle? Yeah. I think that's the bromine. Brom- bromide? Uh, bromelain. Bromelain. That's what it is. I was like, I know it's B-R-O-M, but I don't remember what it is. Bromelain is what, like, will make your mouth tingle a bit. And, like, to me, it's like a switch between, like, a tingling and, like, it all, it can sting sometimes, too. Kind of like if my, kind of like after sour Skittles, because it is so acidic. But I don't, I don't think that okay. sensation is weird. I think you're fine on that one. That's good. I just don't feel that way. Write in and tell us uh, <laughs> if bananas make you feel gross. I'd love to know. <laughs> If Michelle is alone, throat feel creamy, or I'd stop that. <laughs> I hate that. Or do your also like, but pineapples kind of like give me like low key like pop rocks vibes. Um, so maybe I'm allergic. Who knows? I'll never stop. Maybe eating you pineapple. have like a mild fruit allergy. <laughs> Anyways, another person <laughs> wrote in and uh, said a comforting tea or scarf or anything that makes you feel at home is a great thing to bring. Um, and it also helps if you record in a space you know well. And that's 100% spot on. Yeah. It, that's just another part of that kind of routine thing. Something that settles you. Another really good suggestion is favorite aria first, hardest aria second. I feel like a lot of times we all try to tackle our hardest piece first because we want to get it out of the way. Or because it's something physically taxing. But it's a good idea to set yourself up by doing whatever aria makes you the happiest to do, whatever you feel most confident in, and then move into the hard one. Because then you're in a better mood for it. You've kind of settled into the recording. It's great advice. Yeah, that one's so spot on. And I had never really thought about that in a in a just recording mindset. Because I usually do the opposite in that I do the hardest aria first and then an aria I like second as a reward. But usually I'm kind of tired after the doing my hardest aria first and then i'm also a, a bad like combination of over warming up beforehand and rushing so i'm just die quickly <laughs> just sealing um, your but that's fate. great great advice yeah and going off of that i had another person write in and say warming up in the morning but stop singing until um, you're ready to record and that's also me to a t i'll warm up forever and ever and ever and then by the time i'm ready to record i'm tired also true for performance like just warm up also in the morning and then let go that always seems to be true for me especially for like a premiere like if you're doing an opera and you have a couple of performances or you're doing a concert and have a couple of performances, I always go too hard on the first one. You got to just let it go. I, I also agree with the idea that though, like, I don't like to re- warm up directly beforehand. Like if I have, say, like a afternoon audition or an afternoon recording, I like to warm up at like 10, 11 and then leave it. I like to have literally a couple yeah. hours in between. I got to work on that. Awesome. So thanks to you guys who wrote into us. Um, those were some really great suggestions. And we just kind of wanted to end the episode with a couple positive reminders. Like we started the episode by saying performance anxiety means nothing about your potential or what you have to offer as a musician. So do not let that be the source of negative self-talk. Reminder number one is that things are almost never as big of a deal as they seem in the moment. And I don't say that to be sarcastic because obviously we usually realize that We're able to identify that we're being anxious and that the stakes aren't that high, but truly believing that it's not a big deal can help you kind of come down off of an anxiety attack. Reminder number two is that performance anxiety almost always gets better as soon as you start. So just know you're not going to be 
freaked out the entire performance. You're going to have a good time. You just got to get over that first little hurdle to, to start. Also, don't feel the need to prove yourself to anyone. No one came to your performance expecting absolute perfection. I mean, when I go to even see professionals sing, I never go in with the expectation that they're going to be like the most divine, like just perfect performance of a lifetime because that's just not reality. And also the audience is usually like 99% oblivious to mistakes you made as long as you fake it till you make it like Jesse, you were mentioning earlier. So don't put this, you know, crazy pressure on yourself to be perfect. Everybody's just there to be entertained and have a good time. Yeah. Everyone who is listening to you is cheering you on. They want to see you do well and you want to see you do well. You are on the same team. We all just out here having a good old time. And our final reminder is that you will survive at the end of the performance, which to me makes you a winner 100% of the time. So (laughs) I have publicly flubbed many times by my own mistakes, by the mistakes of others, by sheer random chance. And I have yet to die or be kicked out of the field. True. As long as you do not fall into the pit and get (laughs) impaled by a bow, you will survive and you will live another day to perform another performance. So, (laughs) like I said, you're a winner in my book. So we hope all of this helps you kind of tackle your performance anxiety i think a lot of us are a little bit anxious about performing in front of people again as excited as we are to do it to perform as well like there's something about being in front of people again for the first time that's also a little bit i don't know it's new again which is kind of fun so i hope that this Mm -hmm. list helps you tackle that stuff we're excited to see your performances in the coming year and we'd also love to know if there's anything else we missed on this episode. We'd love to hear more of the ways that you guys deal with your performance anxiety, or if maybe you're one of those people who doesn't feel it at all. How does that work? Has it always Explain been that yourself. way? yourself. Share your secrets. <laughs> what ritual did you perform? <laughs> but we would love to hear from you guys. You can always contact us on any of our socials. Uh, we're at Opera Offstage on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, You can also contact us on our website, which is opera-offstage.com, and you can also sign up for our newsletter there. If you can take just a second, if you're in the Apple Podcast app, if you could scroll down and rate and review us, that'd be super helpful. It helps more people find us. You know, we're trying to get more of those in the new year. Apple Podcast fam, where you at? Hit that rate and review. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.